Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. I am Eric J. Olson, and I am coming at you live once again for another live interview for the Managing Partners Podcast. The Managing Partners Podcast is where we speak to America's top managing partners to find out how they are growing their law firms and what they are doing to keep their case pipeline full. So today I have a special guest, Lisa Coppola. Hello, Lisa. Hey there, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Lisa Coppola is the managing partner of the Coppola firm, which focuses on labor and employment law personal injury, and several other practice areas. In the 30 plus years she has practiced in New York, Ms. Coppola has actively litigated cases in state and federal courts. In addition to her law firm, she co-owns the English Gardener, Western New York's premier garden design and construction company, where she combines her love of gardening with her keen business sense. That's really interesting. I love that last part. Oh, I'm so glad. And it's really a joy to be able to do both. Uh, so we won't dive too much into the gardening aspect, but I do like that. I, it's unique. Is that a recent passion or is that something that came before law? You know, it started with my Nana, if you can believe it. So, you know, decades and decades and decades ago and really flourished as I entered adulthood and had a place of my own and could create that sort of beauty. And then I had the opportunity to invest in my garden nurse company. And I'm just delighted to be a part of that as well as working at the firm. You know, being a small business owner helps to empathize with our clients across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a big gardener. I shared with you earlier that my wife is. So she does the gardening and I reap the benefits. But there is something really nice about walking into your backyard and grabbing some tomatoes and a cantaloupe and some herbs. It's, it's yeah. nice. It's a nice feeling for sure. You, it's a beautiful time to be able to, you know, or sit back there with a book and just enjoy. You know, we, we litigators are busy and there's an awful lot of stress that comes with what we do. And so yeah. there's a tiny little bit of respite that goes into being surrounded by beauty and nature. And leaving that cell phone in the house, right? <laughs> Not sure about that, Eric, but yes. <laughs> well, hey, Lisa, would you tell us a little bit more about your firm and what you all do? Sure, absolutely. I'd be delighted. So we're a certified woman business enterprise here in New York State. We're certified by New York City, the city of Buffalo, and the county of Erie. Uh, that you know shows uh, the government and government contractors that we have a special interest and the ability to work on their contracts. That said, we do an awful lot of work for what I would call, right, the small business community and individuals who need help navigating through complicated challenges and situations. One of the hallmarks of this firm is that we are regular people. 
just like our clients are. If there's one thing that gets my hackles up, it's lawyers who use those 50 cent words and act all haughty and arrogant. Um, we're not like that. We've worked for everything we've gotten. And I think that makes us somewhat unique among white shoe firms. While many of us have that pedigree of growing up in very large, sophisticated law practices, we've brought a humanity to our practice that sets us apart and is very important to me. I like that a lot. Uh, certainly as people experience some level of success, it can start to to change them. And I think it's important to to not allow that, right? To, to stay close to your roots. Right. So I really like that. Without and, a I mean, doubt. I, in your, in the, the longer version of your bio than the one that I read, I, I could tell there's a, a ton of community outreach as well. There is. It's very important to me and, and it's important to our team here that we work within our community and we work nationally. I'm um, honored to serve on the board of the National Association of Women Business Owners based in Washington, D.C., um, and that service that I feel very, very strongly about supporting women entrepreneurs across our country. I am a part of a group of entrepreneurs, and uh, there's a goal of, of increasing the number of women who are business owners in the group. I was um, so delighted to hear that. Terrific. Yeah, and I completely support it. I, I love it whenever we get a, a woman join. The goal is 20%, but it's you know, this is definitely a tangent. It's it's a little bit difficult. There's, I, I wish there were more women business owners. That's right. It's what's interesting is since the pandemic, the largest number of new business owners have been women and in large respects, middle-aged women, right? And it sort of makes sense as corporate America had to furlough individuals, many of whom are the breadwinners in their homes. Women got industrious and creative and started businesses at a greater rate than men over the past about 18 months. So um, so I hope your group is able to attract more women business owners. It's particularly interesting being a woman in a, you know, what's traditionally a, a men's world, you know, walking into the courtroom early on in my career. Uh, the only women in the courtroom were typically the court reporter and me. That's changed for the better, of course. And, and it's lovely to see. Very yeah, it, I think things are changing. I read in uh, the Wall Street Journal recently that 60% of college graduates are women now, which is, I didn't realize that that's shocking. That That's a big disparity. So yeah, yeah, that's a real shift. Yeah. So all right, men out there, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love our men folk as well, but it's really important to serve, you know, traditionally underrepresented parts of our community, whether they're women, whether they're people of color, uh, the LGBTQ community. It's, it's another one of the hallmarks of our law firm is that inclusivity and diversity and really focused on belonging for yep. everyone. Yep. There's plenty to go around. I love it. Let's shift a little bit. So as a digital marketing agency, we are always interested to know how law firms are going about getting clients. Do you have a strategy, some philosophy about how you go about getting new clients? We do. So in our labor and employment practice, we focus on educating our community. We work very hard at focusing on both. And we're lucky to be able to represent both the employer side and the employee side. Not all firms um, choose to do both. We have intentionally made that choice. And so we look to educate the public and we do that in a very accessible way. We write in the manner in which 
regular everyday folks can understand. And we share that across our social media platforms. I like to say to our newer attorneys, let's write as if we're talking to our neighbor over the back fence. And we see it as our obligation in the community to educate folks. I'm a strong believer that individuals shouldn't be paying lawyers for things that are standard, that they should know, that we should have the obligation as some really fortunate members of a profession that is so honorable. We should be sharing that generously with the public. And so um, we find that we help our clients in that way. We help folks who become our prospects. And ultimately, that pays dividends to us. It's not necessarily why we do it, but it, it certainly is part of our overall marketing strategy. Nice. Uh, speaking of prospects, so mm -hmm. th there's usually a, a period of time between when someone contacts you and when they become a client. There's a nurturing period. There's a intake systems. So managing partners that listen to the show, that have been on the show, they, they're they're always interested to know what other managing partners are using for tools. So what are some tools that you use to manage your pipeline and to right. nurture those prospective clients? Right. Well, we expect everyone on our team to be part of our marketing effort at one degree or another, right? And so our legal assistants who answer the phone have at their disposal a, a structure, a template for, for welcoming individuals. And that is even individuals who perhaps we we don't end up seeing as legitimate prospects and we make it our business to share with those we even turn away other opportunities options in our community that they may seek again it's part of our strategic imperative to be of service in our community and then as folks enter our you know what i call our pipeline we have them on a routine contact process, our contacts tend to be personalized. We have found that that is very effective for us. So we don't have what, you know, I might refer to as a, a pipeline email process. We actually uh, reach out to those prospects personally, it might be by email, it might be by text, it might be by telephone even, right? We're kind of old fashioned here in that regard. It works. But it does work because folks don't do it and we choose to do it. And it's been very successful for us. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. There's a phrase that I've heard from somewhere on the internet about do the things that other people won't do, right? So mm -hmm. picking up that phone call, making that personalized call, text messaging as well. Yeah. Yes, you could you could stand up a, a drip email campaign, but you know, anytime that well, most times that I get added to one of those, the content that comes out is is not what I'm looking for. It's it's a guess at best. And um, what you're doing is is a much more efficient way of doing it. So uh, it's hard. It's time consuming. It's time consuming. That's right, That's Eric. And the, the other thing that really features in our in our processes here is we make an absolutely intentional effort to reach out 
to our referral sources very routinely. And we see a lot of our work coming in through referrals, uh, sometimes existing clients, colleagues we serve on boards with and, and other attorneys. Yeah. Right. And that's really good. And you know, the referral traffic referrals, referrals to your business, uh, best, best source of leads, right? Cause doubt. very yeah. high trust. But, yeah, and I'm a big fan of writing writing notes, putting a stamp on an envelope, you know, <laughs> hand addressing it. Again, perhaps it's old fashioned, but I enjoy receiving a piece of mail from a friend, a colleague, yeah. a contact in the community. And so I believe that individuals really do appreciate that as well. And a Starbucks gift card tucked in there every once in a while doesn't hurt either. But you know, a, a handwritten card is something, again, it's time consuming. It's hard. You have to remember to do it. You have to probably have a system to follow up, right? To remind you to do it. But it's also something that most companies and people just don't do anymore. It is definitely the outlier because it's gotten so easy to just have that drip campaign and set it and forget it. But you, you forget, you forget that individual person that's in the drip campaign. Right. When you write that card and you put that stamp on there, you know, you, you don't forget. It helps you remember the, the context of the conversation, and then it helps them remember the context of the conversation when they get that. And you're right, they'll appreciate it. I think so. And I have to say, perhaps a little bit selfishly, I find great joy in spending a few moments penning a note to a friend who has, you know, done a good turn or done a good deed for me. Nice. It, there's joy in that. And that's really important, right? We work very hard. We should find those pockets of joy, I think, in everything we do. And the fact that it makes us more successful is just icing on that cake. I like that a lot. How large is your firm now? And what are your growth plans for the next couple of years? Sure. So we've chosen to grow organically. Our firm is relatively new. I've owned three firms, including this one in my career. And um, this firm uh, will celebrate its seventh birthday shortly. Right. Uh, we have uh, nine attorneys on staff and then uh, about the same with our support staff. And we intend over time to grow, uh, but we, we feel very strongly that that growth should be organic growth. We're not looking to grow for growth's sake. Uh, we have been extraordinarily fortunate through the pandemic. I think because of our goal to educate the community, we immediately went into free webinars, free Facebook lives, helping our small business clients on the one hand, and then helping employees on the other hand, understand, as you might know, New York is one of the most highly regulated states. Yeah for employment law. And at least through the first six months of the pandemic, it seemed like the law changed pretty much every Thursday at about midnight. <laughs> and so yeah, we had folks, that's about right. Right. You needed to take a nap to stay up late to read what the new executive order was coming from our governor at that time so that we could share that out. So that's how I think that we will continue to grow. And I feel extraordinarily fortunate that we've had such a great luck in this regard, but I am ever mindful that luck comes from hard work, from being dedicated, from being mindful and intentional in what we do. And that's very important to me. And we attract the kind of team for whom it's very important as well. That's awesome. You're right about 
things changing very rapidly, especially mm -hmm. in the say first half of the pandemic. And you're right, you know, the law was changing very rapidly. So employment lawyers are going to be well employed for a long time. <laughs> CPAs as well, because yeah, I, I just right. kept thinking, wow, they, these financial rules, all these tax rules, that they're changing, and then those changes change. <laughs> CPAs right. will be employed for the next decade because of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Goodness gracious. The, you know, internal revenue code and everything that came out of treasury, our accounting friends are some of our go-to oh, yeah. uh, kitchen cabinet. Extraordinarily right. helpful to team up with them. That's right. Absolutely. The gatekeepers of the business community, really CPAs and, and lawyers, right? So you're so. right. Yeah. That's right. And bankers. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yep. So marketing wise. There's always, you know, experimentation. At least that's what we do here a lot of times. We'll try this, we'll try that, A, B test, uh, and trying to find the optimal mix of things. When it comes to your marketing for your firm, and I know that you do a lot of, you know, organic and referrals, but even that requires marketing yourself to the referral sources. What are some things that have worked especially well for you? And what are some things that, that didn't work that you stopped doing? Yeah, that's a great, great question. What we find is the more we can personalize our team via social media, and we really are, we're a social media law firm as much as there's regulation, right? Ethics regulation around what lawyers can do. We find social media to be the perfect place to reach our audience of clients and our prospects. And so while we act like lawyers, right? We write about things, we share information. We also want our clients to see that we're people just like them. And what we have found in terms of traffic being driven to our website, phone calls coming in is when we choose, and, and we do this pretty regularly, we choose to personalize and feature our attorneys and share about not only what they do and their concentration in the law, but also who they are as people, what drives them, what's the magic in their lives? Is it their garden? Is it their children? Is it the fact that they are training for a marathon, right? That has been extraordinarily su successful for us. And I think that it makes sense that it's successful, right? We all want to know, like, and trust the people to whom we turn when there's a challenge, you know, in our lives, whether it's I've been injured and I want somebody who's not only fierce, but also compassionate to be my partner in the pursuit of that claim or whatever the matter might be, right? We're looking for somebody we can relate to. And we found that to be highly, highly successful. The things that we found to be not so successful, and I'll, I'll have to take liberty and, and modify your question a little bit because sure. what we have failed to do is what I will point out is we're kind of camera shy in the video area. And I know, right, I read about law firm and professional services marketing, and I know, you know, here I am on your podcast with you, Eric, I know that the community at large, the constituencies want to see us speaking, want to want to get to know us that way. And um, we haven't been good enough at that yet. And I don't mean, you know, our videos haven't been good enough. We just haven't done them. And yeah. we want to. Yeah, it's a challenge for everybody, even us, you know. As, as a marketing agency, uh, we should be creating a video every single day, but you get busy, 
you're, you know, you got, you got paperwork to take care of. And before you know it, you know, it's just time to go. You got other things to do. Right. And, exactly. a, and a whole day has passed or a whole week has passed. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you either make a concerted effort to do it on a regular basis or bring in like a camera crew and, <laughs> and record. Right. Right. Exactly. That's about, that's a matter of fact, that's my alarm telling me that I need to post something on Instagram. That's, that's what I do. That's, I love that, Eric. That's awesome. Otherwise I will forget. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that right now. We'll right. see right now. <laughs> exactly. All right. I just took a picture. That's going to yeah. be on Instagram. That's fab. I love it. I absolutely oh, adore it. <laughs> I will tag you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, if somebody who's watching this video or listening to the podcast would like to reach out to you if they have questions or maybe even they have a case that would be a good fit for you, what's sure. a good way for them to connect with you? Oh, I'd say go right to our website and we've got an info form. It's really quick and easy and it comes right to me. And that's Coppola, C-O-P-P-O-L-A-Firm, F-I-R-M.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Lisa. All right, everybody. If you would like to watch or listen to other episodes, we have over 100 at this point, just like this with Managing Partners of America's Top Law Firms. You can go to ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. The entire library is up there. We are also on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. And if you're a managing partner looking for some support for your digital marketing, website, search engine optimization, online ads, or social media, you can find out more about our services at Array Digital at ArrayLaw.com. All right, Lisa, once again, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Very cool to be with you.